Do you find yourself dreaming of owning your own baking business? Then you're in the right place. Hey, I'm Lauren, the host here at the Sugar Coated Dreams podcast. I'll be your guide through this fun world where sugar, entrepreneurship, and passion all collide. So grab your cup of coffee or your glass of wine and sit back and hear stories of wonderful entrepreneurs in the baking industry. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us for the podcast today. And I have the cutest baker on. <laughs> and you are going to love her as Ashley. I When I would see you on the internet and on Facebook and Instagram, I could tell that you were nice. You just had that nice vibe. But when I met you in person, I'm like, oh my gosh, she's as nice in person as she appears. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're going to make me cry before the podcast starts. But no, I was going to say the same thing. You are such a warm light. Even when I met you, I just wanted to give you a hug because your personality and your heart just radiates. And I, the podcast guests that you have, I'm just, you and your podcast guests are beyond talented. And I just can't even believe that I'm here right now talking to you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. You're welcome. I have to tell everybody this because I think that this is so funny. When I took your class at Cookie Con, I was, it was filled. I wanted to sign up for it, but it filled up. But a friend of mine was unable to take the class. And so she gifted it to me, which was so incredibly kind. And the whole time I'm sitting there thinking, man, I want to ask Ashley to be on the podcast. But I'm a little <laughs> nervous because you've won the Christmas cookie challenge a couple times. But you're big time, Ashley. So I was nervous. Uh I was nervous. And so when you came up to me and said, Lauren, if you ever need, if you ever want me to be on the podcast, I was so excited because I thought I wanted to ask you, but I was nervous. Oh gosh. <laughs> Do not ever be nervous. If you want me on 10 more times, sign me up. Okay. So let's get started with the barrage of questions. Okay. Tell everybody what the name of your shop is and the name of your cookie business, because are they the same right now? I just can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my shop and my business name is Sweet Dough Cookie Co. That's so cute. Now, how yeah. did you get started decorating cookies? Oh my gosh. No, so, because I remember this story, but nobody else does. So I'm going to okay. act like I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'll just tell you everything. I have been baking cakes since I was 13. So I just caught myself. I watched all the baking shows on Food Network and I just thought I'd give it a try. Baking cakes since 13. And then about six years ago now, I moved to Pullman, Washington because my boyfriend then, now husband, was playing baseball there. We lived in a super tiny apartment and my friend messaged me and asked if I could make cookies for her sister's bachelorette party. And I was like, I don't know how they will turn out, but I will try. And <laughs> looking back, they were the hideous things, but we all start somewhere. So right. looking back at those pictures, I just cringe a little bit because they are not good, but that's how it all started. And I just took more orders from friends and family and more and more. And then I got um, my business license, all that set up. And I started making cookies for the WSU students. The parents would order them and I'd go to their dorms and deliver all the cookies to them every week. And that's how like it snowballed into this huge thing. And then I had 28 dozen a week and I was just swarmed and I quit my full-time job and then started cookies full-time. It was just a whirlwind, but it was so amazing. 
And looking back, like all the things that have happened, it's so amazing that cookies can take someone so many places this far. So that's how it goes. That's true. Don't you love, Ashley, when you see young girls like you were on Instagram and Facebook, 14, 15-year-olds that are cake decorators? Don't you think that was me? I love it when I see that. I love it so much. I have a lot of moms that bring their kids here and they show them the shop and they're like, she was a baker too. She wants to be a baker. And I'm like, do not stop dreaming, girl. Just right. keep dreaming. Yes. Because yeah, that's what I did. <laughs> yeah. My son is 17. He went to a very small school when he was younger. And there was a little girl in his class. And then when I say small, there were like 12 kids in his class. <laughs> and this little girl who's probably 18 now too started baking cakes when she was very young and I look at what she has been able to accomplish and she is doing an unbelievable job and I think man I started decorating cookies when I was almost 50 imagine what I could have done had I started when I was 13 (laughs) oh my god yeah that I don't know. Once you find your passion, I just say stick with it. If it's your passion, don't give it up. And you could find your passion at 13. You could find your passion at 50. So you just never know. I'm the good example of you're never too old. And you're the good example of you're never too young. Right? That's true. That is very (laughs) true. Yeah. (laughs) So tell us about when you opened your brick and mortar. Oh, my gosh. So I opened my brick and mortar three years after opening Sweet Dough Cookie Co. So before that, I was just doing custom orders, shipping everywhere, and just didn't have a storefront. And then it was always the dream, though. I just didn't know when it was coming. And me and my neighbor were walking the neighborhood, and we passed this shop, and it had a for rent sign on it, and it was full of trash. It was was a doozy-looking shop. But I called the guy... And I got to look at the place and I just knew that this this was it. It was going to take a lot of work, but this was it. I had no business plan. I had no plan of action. I just knew I needed to get in here, make it cute, <laughs> and the cookies will come. It'll all come to me. Then I found out I was pregnant, got super sick. That kind of stalled everything for a while. Then I felt a little better. And that's when we just completely renovated this whole space Still no game plan. I was going to do, the original idea was to do classes Friday night, open Saturday and Sunday. Mm -hmm. That is not the case now. I'm just rolling with it until there's lines every Saturday. Great. Let me back up. I'm only open on Saturdays, which for a lot of businesses and a lot of people, that's not normal. And I got to get a lot of slack for it still. But it's the only thing that I can do. I'm here Monday through Friday, Monday through Saturday, prepping for Saturday. Yeah. And it's just one day we sell out about noon to one every Saturday. Uh Uh-huh. I just feel like I just, I don't even know what direction I'm talking in now. But yeah, (laughs) every Saturday, 9 a.m. sell out. And then I make as many cookies as I humanly possibly can for Saturday. And then once we sell out, we're done for the week. So we have a baby. So that's perfect because you can have your dream job, but you can also hang out with your baby. 
right. babies are only babies for a short time. I know. And for a while, he was coming to work with me every day. Once he started walking and running, I <laughs> talked to my husband and I said, I don't know if I can do this anymore. So he's at daycare now, which means Monday through Friday, I have time to really hunker down and work really hard. I'm just so excited to pick him up every day. Yes. It's so funny what you said about not having a game plan because you are an entrepreneur. That is how, I think how a true entrepreneur a lot of the time thinks, let's just get it done and then (laughs) let's figure it out afterwards. I never really realized that, but I was on a podcast a couple months ago and a friend of mine was telling me about this. And I thought that is really true because I think real entrepreneurs, we don't think about, and maybe we should, it's good to have people in your life to think about all the details, but we have an idea and we're like, I'm going to do it and I'll figure out the details later. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Exactly. To the T. I'm like, I don't even know what I'm going to sell. I don't know when my hours will be, but at least I have a storefront. (laughs) That's me. When I started my cookie cutter subscription box, I literally, I started, I had an idea. I met with, had lunch with a friend of mine and three days later I put it out for sale and she's learned most people take six months (laughs) or a year and I made lots of mistakes, but for me, it's easier to figure out those mistakes. Yep while things are happening. And luckily people who buy cookies are are sweet and cookie cutters and no one got mad at me. I made lots of mistakes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. That is so cool though. It's when you unravel the hose and it has kinks in it, you could just go and fix the kinks. That's exactly what it is with a business. I remember when I was on the Christmas cookie challenge and you probably remember this too. They ask you, what's your style? And I thought, I did a little bit of everything. So that was really hard for me. When I think about your style, I think you're very unique. You use lots of texture. And so tell me in your own words, what is your cookie decorating style? I love greenery and florals. And I love like just thinking outside of the box just a little bit and using techniques that you don't really see in every cookie set. I I just like to try something new in every set and take myself out of that comfort zone a little bit. Again, love florals, love greenery. I could do that all day long. Uh I love just anything besides characters. I know, characters. Uh, Oh my goodness, that's just not my cup of tea. I could do, uh, yeah, that's not my jam. And I know it is for some people. I just can't get them to look clean and cute and... I just, I'd stay far away from that. <laughs> when I first started cookie decorating, so this was probably seven years ago, six or seven years ago, someone asked me to make a character set. And I don't remember what the characters were. I think I blocked it out of my memory, but they were hard. They took me days and days because I didn't really know what I was doing. It was lots of colors, lots of detail, but I made them and I was really proud of them. And I thought to myself, I'll never do this again because it was so time consuming and really stressful, not tons of fun. You know what I did? I put them, this was before I had a lot of the equipment and the dehydrator and the drying rack. So I put them in the oven. Okay. You know what I'm going to say next? put them in the oven to dry these cookies that had taken me days. And the next morning I turned the oven on. No, I did. And I remembered about 
10 to 15 minutes in and I was like, and I went in and I opened up the oven and I started like ugly crying. Oh, I'm sure. Bobbing. And my husband comes in and what's wrong? What's wrong? I said, I ruined these cookies that I make. And he's an optimist. He's we're going to be able to fix them. I'm like, no, we're not. <laughs> oh, what that, that was like, like? My, what? What did they look like when they came out? Were they no, melted? No, the icing, there was lots of white and black on these Did cookies. It it, and they all bled together. And I had to remake them. And it was, oh my gosh, my you know, the second time wasn't quite as bad, but that's my most terrible cookie story. Do you have a terrible cookie story? <laughs> I just remember those late nights when I was going from my full-time job to home to make cookies. Uh -huh. I remember falling. Now this is so bad. My mom, if you're listening, forget I said this, but <laughs> I would fall asleep and sleep through my timer when the cookies, when the oven went off and I burnt so many batches of cookies. I must've burnt probably a total of 12 dozen throughout that time frame, but it was bad. And I could only bake one dozen at a time in my tiny little oven. Yes. So yeah, just those late nights when my brain just wanted to sleep and I tried pulling all-nighters. Yeah. I can't do that anymore, but, <laughs> but yeah, those were my cookie mistakes back then. Yeah, <laughs> so people see Instagram and they're like, oh, everything's easy. Oh, yeah. They never have any problems. And I'm no. like, oh, if you only knew the stuff that we go through I know. cookie decorators. I know, especially now with my drop cookies, I recipe test all the time. Oh my gosh, the amount of butter that I've wasted makes me want to throw up. Yeah. Because <laughs> butter is expensive right now. It is expensive. Oh. I know yesterday I went into the grocery store and they had Lando Lakes on sale and I felt like I'd win the lottery. When you see a deal, you can't pass it up. You want to buy the whole store. <laughs> oh, let's move ahead a little bit to the yeah. Christmas cookie challenge because you are not just a one-time winner, Ashley. <laughs> you are a two-time winner. So. Whoa. Tell us how that came into being. How did you get on the first show? And then how did you get invited back to the second one? Yes. Way back when, like I said, when I first started doing cakes, the Food Network was up high on my dream list. I didn't even think it was a dream. I never knew that it would come into fruition. And when I started cookies, probably the first six months, which again, looking back, you just cringe at the cookies that you did. Um, <laughs> I applied for the show. And I didn't get an email, a callback, anything. I'm like, okay, yeah, that, that makes sense. And <laughs> a year later, I got a call from a California number. And I'm so glad I answered it because I never answer those calls. <laughs> and I answered and I, I forget what her name was, but she said, I'm so-and-so from the Food Network Christmas Cookie Challenge. She was a producer. Uh -huh. And I ran outside and started jumping up and down <laughs> silently while she was talking. And I, I just could not believe my ears. Um, and then that, that whole experience, they, you know, pay for your flight. They pay for your hotel. You feel like you're on cloud nine. Yes. It was the coolest experience um, meeting everyone, you know, just from all over. And they make cookies too. So you get to talk about cookies all the time, the whole time you're there. That whole experience was such a blur, but such a, I was a hot mess, just running around with your head chopped off, trying to make good cookies. Yes. It was intimidating. The ovens are new. The kitchen space is new. Everything was new for me. And then you have that time crunch too. So 
I think my goal, like this is probably a weird mindset, but my mindset was just like, I can't lose. That was like like the whole thing. I'm just going to do as best as I can. And that's what I did. I tried to. So that was like my whole mindset going in. Like there, there wasn't any other option. Good for you. Are you competitive? Are you competitive? I don't know. I don't know if I don't know. I did tennis and cheer in high school. So those aren't very the the most competitive sports. I'm very competitive with myself. I'm not competitive with other people. But if there's a carrot, like if there's a contest you can win, I'm going to I'm going to do everything possible to win. And I don't care, Ashley, if, if I win a box of rocks, if it's a contest. I'm going to go for it. But the interesting thing is I didn't feel that way on the Christmas cookie challenge. I think because the whole time I kept thinking, why am I here? Why, how in the world did I get to do this incredible thing? So I, and I was way older than everybody else. And I was pretty calm, I think because of that. So I didn't, I had zero expectations, none, because the whole time I kept thinking, it's just a dream. Am I really actually? Yeah. yeah, no, I know. I remember just trying to like fake that I was calm, but in my head, mama was freaking out in there. But I just remember, I I remember making my dough and then I, I remember making my icing and I forgot to put vanilla in my icing. Uh-huh. And I knew that if I said, shoot, I forgot to put vanilla in, the camera crew would come right to me. Yeah. So I just added it in. Every time I would mix the color, I'd add a little bit in. Thank goodness I did. But yeah, Yeah. it was. And then somehow I won. And then six months later, I got another call saying that they were going to do the all-star challenge, the all-star episode. And after I got home from the first challenge, I told my husband, I'm never going to do that again. Uh-huh. Just because of the the stress of it all, the anxiety and the lights and the sweaters, <laughs> and you're just running around sweating the whole time. And then I was like, "Yes, sign me up, <laughs> sign me up." And so I did it again, and somehow I won again. And now I think I'm officially retired. <laughs> <laughs> I said that too right after I got got back. People oh. would always say, "Would you do it again?" I'm like, "No way." <laughs> But now I think, oh, I do it again. I think it, it might be like childbirth. Like you, you do that, you birth a child once, and you're like, oh, I'm never gonna do that again. And then you have another kid. Maybe it's just you, you just forget about how much pain you were in. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so tell me how you started teaching classes because do you still teach classes? I know you teach co- at Cookie Con. Yeah. So. The one problem I have here now is just finding a venue. The venue that I used to teach at last holiday season is now not a venue anymore. Okay. So I feel like I need to find the perfect venue around here in order to do classes again. My last class was last December. Okay. And I love teaching so much. I love being in a room full of people that just want to have a good time, decorate cookies, just chat with the girls, have a good time. But uh, I started teaching classes probably about two years into decorating. And that's just a whole nother passion. I just love it so much. And just having people show up that want to learn from me is a honor in itself. Right. It's just the coolest thing to just see people show up and, you know, 
want to know how to decorate cookies or they want to learn how to decorate cookies for their child's birthday party or their baby shower. And I say, go for it. It's so fun. It is so fun. So what, what caused you to decide to teach classes? And the reason I ask you that is that's something that I decided pretty early on that I wanted to do from a money standpoint, I was working and I wanted to be able to replace my income. And I thought, what can I do? Um, I knew the amount of money that I wanted to make. And so Mm -hmm. I didn't want to make that many cookies. I was baking out of my home and my kids were young and I just didn't want to make that many cookies. Yeah, Um, I couldn't physically make that many cookies. So I thought, what else can I do? And so I thought about teaching classes because classes are fun. And I talked to so many cookie decorators and they say, I don't think that I know enough to teach classes. I don't think I could teach classes. And so I want to break that mindset from people because my impression is that when people come to take cookie classes, they're not expecting to be a professional cookie decorator, Mm -hmm. right? They just want to have fun. So tell me how you came to the decision about doing that. And then what's your philosophy about why people come to classes? This podcast is brought to you by The Cheerful Box. The Cheerful Box is a monthly cookie decorating subscription that brings joy and creativity right to your doorstep. Inside, you'll find a unique collection of cookie cutters, a stencil, clip art, and a step-by-step tutorial on how to decorate all of the cookies that you can make with the cookie cutters in the box. It's the perfect way to indulge in your passion for baking and take your skills to new heights. So after you listen to the episode, be sure and check out the cheerful box. Don't miss out on this opportunity to receive a monthly dose of baking magic delivered right to your doorstep. So visit our website and check it out today. Now let's get back to our podcasts. Okay, so I think bringing it back a little bit, as a new cookie decorator, I feel like the skills that you, you should have a good understanding, you should have a good sugar cookie recipe that doesn't spread, like a signature to recipe. And then just understanding different icing consistencies. I think once you have that down and know how much water to add or need a detail consistency or a flood, You could teach a class. I promise you that. So I think don't be scared about being this perfect sugar cookie decorator in order to teach classes. If you could teach them how to flood and how to make a clean, cute cookie, it doesn't have to be like a super intricate cookie. They'll appreciate you and your skill, regardless of what your skill is. You you just have to have a good understanding of decorating. And my philosophy... Did you say on why people want to take classes? Yes. Uh, it's so fun. so fun. If I wasn't a cookie decorator, even now I am a cookie decorator, I'd go to a class with my friends on a Friday night and just have fun. Just it's not it's not set in stone that we're going to a class. We have to be prim and proper. You could have a great time, learn a new skill. Yes. Then you're out with the girls or your husband for date night. I just think classes are so much fun and I wish I could do it more. I need to find a venue. <laughs> it is fun. It's, it, yeah. it's, I have a class tomorrow night and I cannot wait. I did to get with these girls. It's we always do yeah. wine and cookies and drink. Oh, some wine. Right. I drink a glass of wine. They drink a glass yeah. of wine. We decorate cookies. We talk, we chat, we have a ball. Yes. Some of the cookies 
look incredible. Sometimes people come yeah. and I'm like, and then some of them look like a kindergartner yeah. did it. And they have as much fun as the one. Sorry. They have as much fun as the one that have the professional looking cookies. Right. Nobody cares. It's about I'm, having fun and about having something good to eat when you leave. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And uh, when I teach at Cookie Con, I feel Cookie Con is a whole different ball game than teaching local classes. Yeah. Because everyone is beyond talented. And it's the imposter syndrome there for sure. Like, why, why do I get to teach classes here? You can teach the class. Everyone could probably teach my class that I taught. It's just, it's just so cool having this class that I, that I made up, teaching it to 25 people, looking around the room and seeing how amazing these cookies are. Yeah. And then, oh my gosh, this is the coolest thing. <laughs> like I, I could talk, they listen and they can make this beautiful cookie. So uh, cookie con is amazing. I just, I love teaching and I love meeting other cookie decorators and, and Ashley, I've decorated cookies for a long time. I've watched 10,000 cookie decorating videos. I have literally every supply that you can have, I think, as a cookie decorator. <laughs> and I learned things in your class that I had no clue how to do. The Using the rocks, the royal icing rocks to yeah. make the fireplace, I have never seen that done. Okay. So that's one example. The other thing is making the little picture to go on top. So I could just go on and on. I didn't know oh how to gosh. do this. I didn't know how to do this. I didn't know how to do this. Oh, <laughs> that's so good. And that's exactly what I wanted out of the class. I wanted someone, I just threw in every single technique that I thought would be beneficial for someone to know. Yes. I put it into a class and that was the goal of mine is just to teach as many techniques as possible. So I was going to ask you, and we've talked a little bit about it, but what is the most, do you have one thing that you can think of that has been really rewarding as a cookie decorator? And while you think of that, I'll tell you what mine is, because I've okay. never heard this on a podcast and it, okay. was, it was the most incredible experience. So my nephew has a life-threatening illness called Hunter's syndrome and he's doing great. He's a miracle. Okay. He's 20. He just turned 29, which makes me feel really old. And he really is doing fantastic. But when he was young, he was the recipient of a Make-A-Wish because we didn't know how long he was going to live. He has a very rare illness. And at that time, there was no medication for it. And there is now. So several years ago, I signed up to be a Make-A-Wish volunteer. And one of the, the children in the Make-A-Wish program wanted to make a, wanted to have a gingerbread baking party. Oh my gosh. I've forgotten about this until just now. Oh my gosh. I cannot even tell you what a joy that was. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, took, I made the cookies. I took them over to the house along oh with the Make-A-Wish coordinator and this little girl who was a cancer survivor oh and her gosh. two brothers and her parents made gingerbread houses. And I thought, Never in a million years would I've ever had the opportunity to do that had I not been in this cookie decorating industry. Oh and it was gosh. an amazing experience. Oh my gosh. And she's going to remember that for the rest of her life. You know? I'm going to remember that for the rest of mine. And I'm yeah. glad I'm talking about this because you have so many wonderful experiences in your life. Sometimes you forget that it's just bringing me happiness just even oh thinking about it. That's amazing. 
Do you have anything that you can remember being really special? Man, nothing that'll top that one. <laughs> that well, so it could have even been a conversation you had with someone at a cookie decorating class or something mm -hmm. that happened on the Food Network. Honestly, I think taking a step back and looking at this little timeline of my life, I honestly think that the most rewarding is having the storefront. Yes. Um, because of all all the hard work and all of my family, my husband, my mom, my dad, everyone's hard work for this one store. And then having a line of customers that come every single Saturday, I think that's truly the most rewarding because I get to know all of these customers that have turned friends. Yes. Uh, I get to open the shop every Saturday and somehow there's still a line two years later. And it, it's just, this is another one of my little babies and just seeing it kind of form and like taking that step back and looking at it as a whole. I think that's one of the coolest things that I can say that I've ever done. And in business, uh, it's so hard to be a small business right now, especially a storefront, just with the price of butter and eggs and powdered sugar has gone up, everything. It's just so cool to see that, you know, I, I'm making it and, and yes. I make it and, I think that that would be the the one of the biggest things under my belt, probably. Is Isn't it fun too, Ashley, to think about those people that wake up on Saturday morning and think, "I got to go get my cookies." They're laying in bed thinking, "I got to get out of bed." Isn't that amazing that you're having that type it's of so impact cool. on people's lives, and yeah. that they're taking those cookies and they're sharing them with their family and their friends, yeah. and that's amazing. I know it's really cool and. Even my husband's was like, I've never wait in line for cookies. I'd never do that. I'm like, I'm glad people do. <laughs> so are you all geared up to the for the holiday season? Because you're getting into crunch time soon, which is hard to believe because it's not even Halloween. But people are already thinking about Christmas. I know. I feel like I'm already in crunch time getting all the materials, the packaging boxes, the ribbon. Just you have to honestly get in the mindset too, because it's really go time. And luckily, my husband is a home ec teacher and construction teacher at the high school up north. And so he gets off around three every day. So when I have to work my long nights, I drop Mickey off at daycare. He picks Mickey up from daycare. They go home and I could just work as much as I need to. I feel like the holiday season has already started. I'm already doing Halloween cookies. Uh -huh. After Halloween, it's Thanksgiving and then Christmas and just those three months are a little intimidating, but yeah, we can do it. We can do it. So you sell a lot of drop cookies also, right? Yes. Now, how do you want to talk a little bit about how you developed your recipes? Because I know that is not an easy, it's fun because it's science, but man, yeah. that's not an easy thing. No, it's not. And like I said, I have a lot of failed, a lot of wasted butter here. But I have to shout out my friends, Baker's Men Buffalo. Did you meet Nick and Brian? Yes, I love them. They're oh, so much fun. They are my favorite people, probably in this whole world. They are the sweetest, nicest. Love them to death. But they, are. they actually came to visit me from Buffalo to Seattle, technically Centralia. And they came and saw the storefront before it was all done. And they brought me a drop cookie. And they brought me a couple, probably a dozen, and Dugan and I had some, and we just loved them. So I asked them for the recipe, and they sent it to me, and I uh -huh. I took different parts out of it. I tried 
making a cookie without the ingredients that they used, subtracting and adding. Uh-huh. And that was my signature, my base recipe. That's and then I so added fun. In. Yeah, it's crazy. So thank you, Brian and Nick, for that one. But other than that, you know, I have different recipes now that I, like my molasses cookies, totally different, or my brown butter cookies, totally different. But I just experiment and play uh-huh. as I go. I, I don't want them super flat. So you have to find that ratio of flour and baking soda, baking powder. And it's truly a science, man. It I'll is. Yeah. It is. When I had to develop the recipes for the Food Network, that was the thing I thought, I don't know how to do this. I'm not a recipe developer. So I did exactly what you said. I found my favorite recipe and then I took out things and added things based on the science. I wasted tons of butter, tons of flour, but it was so fun when I finally came up with something that was truly my own. But I bought this great book. I can't remember the name of it, but I'll put it in the show notes because it might, it's something about the science of baking and it told everything that each ingredient did. And so once I really understood that I Mm -hmm. could make, I could use, I understood what baking soda did instead of baking powder and all these different chemical reactions that happen, which are so cool. Oh my, it's so cool. I just a couple weeks ago, I forgot to add baking soda to a teen stick butter batch of cookies, <laughs> probably 120 drop cookies and oh. no baking soda. And I baked them and I didn't realize until after they were baked, but the one baking soda does incredible scientific things in that oven because right. I pulled them out and they no were like kidding. little hockey pucks. And they were like, they had the consistency of a cake pop instead of a cookie. Interesting. Yeah, I I crushed them up and I put them in parfait cups and I put buttercream on them and I sold them as oopsie dozy cookies, (laughs) the oopsie daisy cookies. So that's just a learning experience. I just need to pay more attention. But man, it's so easy to do that. I'm very squirrel all the time. (laughs) And so I've learned when I bake cookies I finally, I measure my ingredients and I put them in front of me before I ever put the very first thing because I have forgotten many ingredients and then you have to just throw them away. So (laughs) the smart thing would be to weigh my ingredients, but I'm still here counting scoops of flour (laughs) on my fingers. (laughs) I don't know why I do that, but Hey, if it works for you, then that's good. It's worked so far. (laughs) So Ashley, if you could give advice to someone who's listening, who dreams of owning their own baking business, what advice would you give them? You don't have to have a game plan. I promise. I promise. Don't have to have a game plan. Never give up ever and work hard. I know there's going to be long hours and long nights. Working hard never doesn't pay off. Is that what it, it always always pays off. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Working hard is probably the key because it takes a lot of work, but just if if you have a dream, don't lose that dream because it's going to happen if you want it to happen. Yes. Absolutely. I think think that's the only advice that I could give is that that game plan one is very true, too, because 
no business plan, no anything. And I just winged it. That's what I've always done. I've just al- always it. just wing it because I just have faith that I'm going to work my butt off and I'm going to make yes. it work. I yes. think working hard is the key. Yes. You know, when I started baking cookies, I got up before my kids and baked cookies and I stayed up late and I worked really hard until I didn't have to work as hard because I had figured things out. Yeah, I totally agree. Are you ready for the speed round? The speed round wasn't wasn't in the notes, but I'm ready if you are. (laughs) I know because that's the fun of the speed round. It's an easy thing. Do you have a favorite cookbook? (gasps) Yes, Joanna Gaines. I think it's farm. No. Magnolia Table, her you're first cookbook. You're the second person to say that. I'm going to have love to get her. that one because I love cookbooks. I lo- that's why I always ask people that question because I love, I couldn't answer that question because it changes every day because I it just does. love reading cookbooks. <laughs> I do too. I do too. The Food Network magazine is fun too because I love looking through those. But Joanna Gaines, if you're listening, love you so much, girl. <laughs> so if you could make cookies for anyone, who would you make cookies for? And maybe it would be Joanna Gaines. It would, but she could probably out cookie me. I, <laughs> I don't know. But let's see. Taylor Swift, I think, is Taylor Swift is my answer. <laughs> you have to go to the concert? No. I wish I did. Are you gonna go to the movie? No. I'm I thinking to. I'm thinking about it. I, I am. Know. I don't know. I need to look into that. I don't know if it was just last weekend or oh, maybe it was. Maybe I missed it. Uh, maybe I did too, but we were sick and just, yeah, wasn't, yeah, wasn't ready to sit by myself in the theater. So. I have a, you know, 17 year old son who would not go with me, but maybe if I say, I'll take you out to dinner beforehand. Yeah. I mean, be I'm sure he'd love singing with you. <laughs> I doubt that, but I would enjoy, I think I would probably mm-hmm. embarrass him, but I think it would be yeah. fun. And then lastly, tell everybody where they can find you. Where is your shop located? Because some of our listeners may live close Ooh, by. Yeah. So I'm in Centralia, Washington. It's the central, it's in the middle of Seattle, Washington and Portland, Oregon. So I'm right in the middle, like an hour and a half away from each of those destinations. My address is 602 West Main Street, Centralia, Washington. My website is sweetdoughcookiecove.com. That's where you could place your pre-orders to come pick up on Saturdays. And then my Instagram is at sweetdough.cookieco. Perfect. I think that's it. I'll put it in the show notes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm so glad that I got to talk to you. Oh you are goodness. the sweetest. You just are a doll. I just no. absolutely adore you. So no, I will. I, I hope to see you at the next Cookie Con. No, we're Austin, Texas. Yes, it'll be that's here. Really it will be here before we know it. I know. <laughs> no, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I'll be teaching yet, but we'll see. Even if you're not teaching, I hope that you're there. So that'll be fun. But I appreciate you taking the time. I'll let you go. I know you have a shop to work at and mom responsibilities. (laughs) I hope to talk to you again soon. Yes, Lauren, thank you so much. You're welcome. See ya. Bye. Bye. Hey, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to subscribe to the Sugar Coated Dreams podcast on your favorite podcast app. Also, please take a moment to rate and review this podcast. That way, all your friends will be able to find it too. A new episode will be released every Thursday. 
Until then, remember to keep dreaming big and never underestimate the power of a little sugar and a lot of passion. I'm Lauren, the Cheerful Baker, and your host here at the Sugar Coated Dreams Podcast.